morning and welcome to Faith FM. You're listening right across Australia on 87.6, 87.8 or 88 on the Faith FM network, wherever you are, right across Australia, right across the world potentially because we're on the internet too, praise the Lord. And you are listening to The Breakfast Show with Lawson and... It's Mon. <laughs> I just wanted to catch I was like hyping you were up, so dude. Hot. I was you like... had the hands going and everything. <laughs> I was like, Windmill Lawson this morning. <laughs> so, Monica, what are you grateful for this morning? Uh, I am so grateful for faithful servants. Um, I'm doing the, I'm managing the um, Raymond Terrace missions. Oh, epic. And, uh, and I had a big project that I really needed some skilled help with. And Ooh. we have a, like a team of volunteers. And so sometimes it'd be difficult to get some, like a specific skill. Mm-hmm. And thankfully, some beautiful gentlemen helped me out. They came through. They turned up, two of them. I got a, a text message saying, hey, I can come help and I can bring a friend. And I was like, I love it. I love it. And so they turned up yesterday and they helped me finish off a massive project that I was working on. And I am super, super grateful because it took them all day. And within like 20 minutes of them starting the project, I was like, if this had been me, I would have been like weeping by now and gnashing <laughs> of teeth. That would have been me. So yeah. You're I'm, being I'm stoked. Fully upset. But now it's just getting done and you're just Yeah. Hyped. What are you grateful for? Monica. It's me, isn't it? <laughs> what? Oh, it's I, me. of course I'm grateful <laughs> for you, but it's food. <laughs> that I provided, so it's it, me. Okay, so it's food that you provided. It's food that I ate last night. I had a big bowl of wonton soup with my friends. It was Whoa, epic. Wonton. I made it and it was boss ass. You know so how to make I make, wonton? I how to make everything. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. But right now it is time for a 100 point clue for the quiz. How did Moses' mother save him from the Egyptian soldiers? Oh, mm. wow. Give us a call 0491 A 100 point quiz question prize is a Faith of Him bumper sticker, bookmark, and maybe even a fridge magnet. How did Moses' mother save him from the Egyptian soldiers? Did she beat them up? Yeah, she knew Kung Fu Lawson. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> she was a trained it. martial artist. <laughs> Black belt. And she took him on. <laughs> that's hectic. Well, 0491 is the number to call if you guys know the answer. But right now it is time for Positively Different News. Monica. I'm going to tell you a story coming out of Africa. Do you want to have a guess about which country? Zimbabwe. How did you know? That's crazy. I saw your computer screen. Oh, you're such a cheat. You're such a cheat. I was so Wasn't astounded. that impressive? So Wasn't impressed. that so impressive? <laughs> I was like, wow, I was like my food, like communicating my thoughts. So you eat them, then you know what I'm thinking. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, good news coming out of Zimbabwe. This is oh, so cool. Um, so Zimbabwe is uh, a third world country. And, you know, one of the biggest issues about uh, living in third world countries is when people leave uh-huh. and they leave family behind, mm. they often want to help them. Yes. And uh, and sending money back is one of the main ways they do that. Mm. But it's usually such a such a hassle. And it's, sometimes it's like almost impossible to send money back. I, I know this person because I have sent money to Kenya. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found it extremely difficult, especially for someone who's used to like PayPal and, you know, all these really easy ways to send money, like just direct deposit into someone's mm. account to suddenly like have a, a block where you're like, how do, I, how do I put money in this person's hand? Like even right now, my grandma in Germany, I... 
I wanted to purchase something and have her post it to me, but I wanted to not come out of her pocket. Mm. But like, it's really hard for me to figure out a way to get money to her because she's 92 years old. Oh, wow. She doesn't have PayPal. She's not about to get PayPal. She doesn't have a smartphone or access to internet or anything. So it's, it's impossible for me to get money wow. to her. And, uh, and Zimbabweans face the same uh, issue because mm. they don't have the technology. So they might have like the savvy, but they don't have you know the skills to... Um, the, the well, the access to the technology, yeah. right? Yeah, for um, sure. But in the last few years, particularly thanks to COVID, this is actually a positive uh, news story coming out from the um, COVID saga. Um, Zimbabweans have realised, like, because they went into an economic crisis, and so mm. the, the Zimbabweans who are living overseas were desperate to help their families, and uh, more than ever, and um, and so out of necessity. They actually, like the tech companies in Zimbabwe started creating apps like food delivery apps, mm. but they're actually marketed to the families who live overseas. Mm. And so people are now using them to literally like buy groceries for their grandmas living in rural Zimbabwe. Mm. And then they can order the food and then they hire a runner. It's called a runner. And the runner goes and picks up the groceries and takes them like, you know, 130 Ks out into the bush. Oh, wow. And delivers it to like some hut. So the, and this is this is springing up all over Zimbabwe. This is incredible. So just to give you an idea, every year a billion dollars is sent just to Zimbabwe alone. Wow. Yeah. Like for the purpose of like charity. From from people helping out. Sorry, my dog is going nuts again. Scoops, naughty boy. Um, just people helping out their families, like people sending money. So mm. yeah, and this would be massive all over Africa if you think about it. But you know, we have money transfer agencies like Makuru and World Remit and Western Union. Everyone yeah. knows Western Union, mm-hmm. but they're often extremely expensive. Like sometimes it's just as much to send the money as the amount that you're sending. That's right. Mm. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, so this is uh, this is really cool. So there's a story here about a lady who lives in England, West in West Midlands, England. Uh, her name's Sharon Rose, and she has a grandma in uh, the Hondu Valley. Oh wow. And every month she now sends her uh, sends her groceries. So she has a food delivery app and a website, and she orders it for her grandma is eighty five years old. Her name is Victoria, mm. and she buys it from an online delivery company called Fresh in a Box. And so she gets a box full of goodies, a box full of fresh yeah, stuff. Yeah. yeah, and then she contacts a runner, and they go to the city of Matari, which is the closest metropolis to her grandma in eastern Zimbabwe, and they take it eighty miles, one hundred thirty kilometers, to her grandma's house in the remote Hondu Valley. And just that is intense. It. Yeah, yeah. That it's like, and I was thinking about it, and I was like, do you know what? Even in Australia, I don't know any food delivery company that would deliver food 130 kilometers. Oh no. Yeah. No. Oh, like, yeah. We have Uber Eats, but they're not about to be like me. Well, we stuff. like we live near metropolises, like yeah. or in metropolises yeah. here in Newcastle. So potentially, like for the outback or whatever, like we we don't really know their their life. No, so maybe my, they're doing it. Or? No, my parents live remote, and uh-huh. you can't get Coles or Woolies. Click, Nothing. Click, they just click deliver. No. So what do they do? They just subsist. You have to go to town. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're a subsistence farmer, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but I think this is particularly cool in this lady's situation where, you know, she has probably eclipsed the age of being a successful subsistence farmer, which is mm-hmm. most people living in a developing country in such a remote area. That's what they're doing. They're yeah. growing their own food. For her, yeah, she's... Probably a little bit older yeah, than the 85. prime age to mm-hmm. be able to do that. 85, as you said. And so, yeah, that, that she has the ability to be able to access food. And I love the fact that also um, it is a real job. 
Because the the woman um, in where did she live in London in England? Yeah, West Midlands. West Midlands in England. She is paying someone to go and do it. So this yeah. is also providing employment as well. This is just like the Uber Eats model, but it sounds a lot better because the problem with the Uber Eats model is that you have Uber and they need money. And <laughs> and Uber, if you didn't know, is one of the like the most expensive, least successful companies ever. They they really? lose money every single year. Really? Because basically their their model of like paying people they they can't generate enough money for the company itself. Wow. With the rate that they have to pay people. So yeah, it is bleeding cash and just investors are just pumping more money into it until eventually basically their saving grace will be self driving cars. Oh wow. That's what they're waiting for. I didn't know that. I thought Uber was going gangbusters. Well, there's lots of people using Uber. Mm-hmm. So this actually, oh man, I, I don't know if we should get into I, I an e- economic class here on the, on the positively <laughs> different news. Um, but this is a system that a lot of new companies are using to grow. So essentially, like Netflix, Netflix loses money every yeah, single I knew year. That one. Um, a lot of companies lose money because all of the money that comes in from investors and all the money generated through the company, all of their profit, they immediately reinvest into the company to grow the size of the company mm-hmm. to enhance their product like say for a netflix they get a certain amount of money from those subscribing they get a certain amount of money from their investors they in reinvest all of it and take out debt to create better content to drive more traffic till eventually the thought is one year they'll be able they'll have so many users that they'll be able to coast and not make lots of stuff and then like bam like all of a sudden everyone's rich yeah. just off of one year of profit um, and this is like a similar method that Uber is using. You know, they're driving more traffic to the website by um, giving employees high, higher wages, like those who are driving the food, and by making the prices for delivery is, you know, it's pr- still pretty expensive, but cheap as possible. Yeah. So, so all of these know, recently, companies are losing money, but it sounds like it's it's good that they're also supporting these people to drive yeah, as well. Yeah. I mean, recently Uber did um, for the first time eclipse the price of taxis. It was actually more expensive to get get an Uber than it is to get a taxi. Yeah, and they're still not what, making money. <laughs> yeah, which is like what they started out to like to to help to yeah. get a cheap taxi, basically. Um, so yeah, so that kind of ruined it. Yeah, scoops. Be quiet. Uh, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Scoops wants to be on air. Everyone here yeah, has to right. have a say. Yeah. <laughs> he hates Uber too. He's, he's, <laughs> he's anti Uber. He's like support our cabbies. Like <laughs> support small business. <laughs> Stop giving money to corporations. Or just take me for a walk. <laughs> get driving. That's walk right. your dog. That's, that's what Scoops is trying to say. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, yeah, very cool. So yeah, this is this is really great, and I love I love it when technology can help out in a place so far um, from from civilization and uh and especially off the back of covid like it took covid for them to put that into place Mm. like that is really really cool oh anyway do we have time for one more yeah you have a minute and seven seconds oh a minute and seven seconds do you want to hear about elves uh this is actually relating to the ukrainian war um so there's an army of elves fighting real world russian disinformation so uh, this actually started in 2014. A group of volunteers in the small Baltic state of Lithuania, right on Russia's doorstep, felt compelled to do something when Moscow first invaded Ukraine back then. And uh, they decided to call themselves the Elves, evoking the beneficial mythical creatures who quietly hem away behind the scenes, is what they say. Um, and what they they have, they all go by pseudonyms. So they're all anonymous to make it harder for Russian Russian trolls to track them down, basically. And, uh, and their whole... Their whole mission is to basically fight 
uh, disinformation. Like, what's that thing that Trump always says? Fake, fake news. news. Fake news. So they're like anti-fake news and they go online and they call themselves the L's and they're trying to work against the propaganda that Russia's putting out, which is actually really cool. Um, so they're doing this every day. All these unpaid volunteers with all different kinds of jobs and every day they go online and they fight untruths, which is cool. Mm. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Yeah. Yeah, this is... Did you see the rainbow in the sky this morning? No. It was beautiful. First rainbow I've seen in a long time, to be honest. Wow. Yeah, it was incredible. Which, which direction and did you come from? And it was a full cloudy from... day as well. Yeah, and like it was this pe- morning. It was just peeking out and it was really bright. It was short but bright. Maybe because you come from a different direction, mm-hmm. like literally the opposite direction to me. So maybe oh, okay. So maybe I couldn't see. Do you come you up that road? I, I, come, I come from the Lake Macquarie side oh. and you come from the, uh, the Hunter Valley side. Okay, cool. Do you want me to tell you my address on air? Is that... Yeah, no, actually, no, if you could I'm just, just joking. I'm just joking. And your phone number and your email. Yeah, that's right. My social birthday. security number. I know yeah, we don't have one of those in Australia. Number, the CDC <laughs> on the back of a card. <laughs> Expired. <laughs> that's right. Hey, do you want to give us another clue for the yes, quiz? Yes, I do. How many days and nights did it rain when Noah was on the ark? That is our 200-point question. The prize for that is a back issue of Science Magazine. How many days and nights did it rain when Noah was on the ARC? 0491-064-669. You can text or call. Um, Producer Shell will be on the phones. Awesome stuff. Well, election's coming up. Mon, who are you voting for? (laughs) (laughs) Is Pauline Hanson still running? I'll vote for her. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) I'm kidding. Everyone just like, what? Looked at me. I'm like, (laughs) as I sit here in the studio, you know, it's, it is, it is a very nerve wracking thing to try and um, give off any political alliances because, but especially from the perspective that I am a Christian and Monica, you are a Christian as well. Yes. I hope. Yeah. And we've got producer Shell. She's a Christian too. We love the Lord. We want to follow him and serve him in the best way that we can. Now, the book of Timothy, uh, 1 Timothy chapter 2, and the Bible says, Make prayer for all men, for men in power, for men in high places, for kings of kingdoms, um, that you might be, live quiet and peaceable lives in all godliness and reverence. And then it goes on to tell us the reason why we should pray for them and live quiet and peaceably in godliness and reverence is because God died for these people. Um, and he loves them. And so, yeah, God, uh, you know, whatever political spectrum, uh, or whatever side of the political spectrum you are on, God died for you. God loves you. God cares for you. But that ultimately, then we, we bring it into, we're coming up to an election and there are a number of different issues uh, that we have in Australia that are, you know, election issues, things that are being discussed about, whether it be um, foreign policy, immigration policy. Um, I know a big one over the last couple of years that we have been covering here on Faith FM has been the religious discrimination bill, um, you know, issues of abortion. Like, like there are so many different uh, topics uh, and different viewpoints on certain issues that we need to be aware of. And I was just reading this morning uh, and yesterday the ACL, the Australian Christian Lobby, um, who, you know, they are not a party themselves, but they just, you know, work in and around politics to um, represent and lobby Christian interests for the most part. You know, there are even in the scale of Christianity, there are people who have different opinions on different things. Uh, but yeah, the, the ACL are doing those kinds of things. And what they've highlighted recently is that 
The focus in this election, and I believe that this has been a real turn of thought, uh, but the, yeah, the, the focus in this election and probably previous elections and probably future elections is rather than focusing on parties to vote for, um, focusing on people. Now, in previous elections, the ACL would release a scorecard for each one of the parties, whether it be the two major parties or, you know, uh, the national, it would be Labour, Liberal, Nationals, Green, and then getting into the smaller parties as well, your One Nation, United Australia Party, um, <laughs> Shooters and Fishers, you know, my <laughs> boys. Uh, no, I don't have any affiliation with them. I just think it's the funniest thing ever that you call your your party. Your party issue is shooting and fishing. That's amazing. Uh, <laughs> but rather than releasing a scorecard um, that represents, you know, an overall party's um defending or, or opinion towards Christian issues, uh, what they've done is just highlighted, instead of parties, particular individuals and what their voting record has been. Um, in de- you know, because we know that our Australian government, you've got people in seats in different areas all over the world, and we kind of funnel up then into this hierarchy system of you know, you've got House of Representatives, Senate, and you know, moves all the way up until you know you've got the, the the party that's ruling itself. And in different areas, you know, for example, here in Newcastle, we are a pretty um, red. I believe we are we are very red in the sense that we are usually labor um, labor run, labor voted in. Um, in this area. But yeah, people have different seats and whatnot. Even though we have a liberal state government here in Newcastle, we have a, a Labour um, area kind of local region government. Uh, but anyways, they've been going through and they've been seeing, you know, looking at different candidates, looking at their track records. And in doing this in a kind of, uh, what's the word, maybe a, a beta or a trial sense, they did this in uh, South Australia with the recent election there. And because, you know, usually the perspective in Australia you have Labour and, and Liberal and uh, the Labour Party tends to be more progressive. The Liberal Party tends to be a little bit more conservative, which for many Christians in their eyes, then it's like, okay, the Liberal, uh, the Liberal Party will better serve my interests because um, Christians on, on average tend to be more conservative than progressive. Uh, but then they saw, particularly in that um, election, that the two candidates that were running, the, the, the Minister for Labour, uh, the, sorry, the Minister for Liberal that was being put up, which is usually the Conservative Party, was incredibly pro-choice. Um, and pro-abortion versus the Labour candidate, which was actually the opposite. Okay. The Labour candidate, surprisingly, voted against late-term abortions versus the Liberal candidate who voted for late-term abortions. Mm-hmm. And so we saw a total role reversal um, in that particular state where what we usually, the narrative that we that we understand to be true of like, oh, yeah, Liberal usually is more conservative, Labour is usually more progressive, was completely flipped if you looked at track record of the candidates. And so they, you know, the a the Australian Christian lobby, they didn't say you have to vote for this person or whatever it may be, but they just showed, hey, you've got one candidate that supports a more uh, traditional Christian view, which is on the Labour side, and you've got another candidate which doesn't, which is on the Liberal side. And so they gave, it just gave everyone real perspective that, oh, we're actually voting for, in a lot of cases, people rather than parties. Now, once you get up to the Prime Minister level, it kind of flips, and it's the opposite. You're voting for a party rather than a person. Um, because the Prime Minister, as we've seen for the last 10 years, can be replaced at any moment. Um, so, unfortunately, you're not really voting for a person. You're voting for a party. Um, and I, I believe that's true in all senses. But, yeah, we really need to also um, do our dil- due diligence. What this has re- uh, revealed to me is we need to do our due diligence coming up to our election in doing the research that is needed to know who we should vote for. Um, because th- the reality is not a single 
party, not even if a party was called the Christian party, reflects what you believe completely. Okay. And agrees with what you believe completely. Mm-hmm. None of them do. None of them do. And so, therefore, um, yeah, it is our right. Um, it is our, our responsibility as a people to do our research and to know, okay, which candidate actually reflects what I believe. Um, and if we do that as Christians, then we can put people in power. Um, you know, all of our votes are just individual. We are one person who puts in one vote. Um, all of our votes will... Uh, We'll be representing what we want to see out of our government. So, guys, I just wanted to quickly discuss that, give you guys some perspective, and, um, yeah, happy voting in our upcoming election. Um, you know, as I mentioned before, we have a bunch of if- issues in Australia, um, but I think none of them are as bad uh, as what is happening in North Korea. And I'm just going to say it. I believe that Kim Jong-un is the single worst leader in the world right now. Okay. It, like, I, I would agree with you. Easily. Oh, no. What's his name? Jing Jinping, whatever. He's pretty horrid. No, so. no, not even, no, not, not even close. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So I just want to, so North Korea has just released think, a statement. I think because, um, because North Korea has had a longer time in power than China. I think if you gave Jing Jinping some time, he would be pretty horrid. But I want to show you, I want to show you some statistics. I want to show you okay. what's going on. So they've just released a statement that says they are accelerating the development of nuclear weapons in North Korea to <laughs> protect them, that. which they're always saying, mm-hmm. right? But now they've just had a big parade and they're saying they're pushing it even further. They're not abandoning the nuclear project. They're like 100% they are making nuclear weapons to defect, to defend North Korean interest. But my thought is, is North Korean interest going to be defended by nuclear weapons? And I think the answer is no. And the reason the answer is no is because North Korea and every single other metric is failing. Like, heavily. Um, for example, the GDP of North Korea is around $40 billion estimated. They have a, a population that is a little bit higher than ours, around $28 million. In Australia, we have a population of $26 million, and our GDP is $1.3 trillion. Okay, oh. so so this you're seeing a staggering difference in the mm-hmm. amount of wealth there is um, here between between North Korea and between Australia. Now here in Australia we don't have a um, weapons um, development program, and the reason why is because we believe we don't need it. We have other people to defend us, but also we put our money into things that are that are going to be better for our population right. than developing nuclear weapons. Whereas mm-hmm. North Korea is set on getting uh, nuclear weapons developed, even though they can't even support their people. Yeah. Their people are starving to death and struggling so much. In fact, the GDP of North, uh, of New South Wales is $557 billion. Oh, wow. Um, for example, like I was looking actually at the list of GDPs. Um, North Korea is 135th in the world. Kong, uh, sorry, Laos uh, is 131st. Laos is so above them, and they have a population of like... 7 million people. Whoa. And it just shows, like, the dire situation that North Korea is in yeah. economically and that their people are struggling so much, and that's why so many people try to defect. Also, good luck trying to be a Christian in North Korea as well um, because, you know, uh, spreading religion, or anti, which is classed as an anti-government um, ideal, um, will reward you the death penalty. So, you know, I just wanted to highlight this because we look at our issues here in Australia and we're voting and we're trying to make a decision um, about what we should do. And we're like, oh, okay, let's pray for our people in power. In North Korea, they have no decisions. They're stuck under a government who is actively, like, it almost seems like actively trying to destroy them and hurt them. So if anyone needs prayer at this time, it is North Korea. It is Kim Jong-un. We want to pray for this guy that he would change his ways and support his people. 
You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Right now, it is time for our 300-point quiz question. What did King Nebuchadnezzar dream about in his Daniel 4 vision that represented him? Oh, classic. <laughs> we're going to be talking about something in our Bible study, which is, is uh, very similar. Oh, we might end up giving it away. That's right. But, but by that point, we'll, we've been on to the 400 and 500 points. So, yeah, you know. if, if you uh, get this one right, you get a pocket sermon. You can give us a call or a text, 0491-064-669. What did King Nebuchadnezzar dream about in his Daniel 4 vision that represented him? Wow. Mm. Okay. Guys, we are up into our uh, guest interview for today. You. And on the phone, we have Dr. Sven Erstring. Dr. Sven, are you there with us? I am indeed. Good to be with you, Lawson and Mon. How's yes. it going? <laughs> yeah, how is it going, Sven? How are you doing? Well, if you want to know the, the, the truth, I'm actually in self-isolation at the moment. So oh, fortunately, it's for, yeah. Have you got the spicy I, cough? I, I do have a deep, resonant cough with the, the mucus to go with it. and, um, and uh, But one, one day to go, t- 10 a.m. tomorrow, I'm, I'm a free man. Oh. Uh, so, so hopefully I don't spread the virus uh, after tomorrow morning. I guess that's the big question, you know. Yeah. Jesus Lord. I was just reaching for my breakfast, and then you said mucus, and I was like, no. Nah. <laughs> I, I might wait another 10 minutes. <laughs> Let everything calm down a bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, hey, Sven, you are probably loving life a little bit less at the moment because of your ailment, but we are actually going to be talking about uh, the Christian life. Are we going to be talking about, you know, what is it about the Christian life which is – um, a draw to us as Christians. What is positive about deciding to live the Christian life? Yes. Well, you know, um, Lawson, what we normally talk about, as you know very, very well, um, in our apologetics interview, we tend to talk about logic and and evidence and rational ideas and all of those kind of things. And, you know, all of that, that's very good, but it's a little bit kind of, you know, um, it's, it's the, the hard kind of stuff of, of faith, if I put it that way. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's very important to, to be able to address those. Um, but there's another side of, of faith as well. And that is the whole concept of desire. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what, what do we really desire in, in life? Um, you know, and, and there's obviously some really basic things like, you know, amazing Lego sets or, or uh, you Sven know, fast kids. cars. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, fast cars, Lego sets. You sound like me when I was 10 years old and probably still today. Yeah, I was going to say, you sound like Lawson like yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. You know, and, and of course, you know, there's those, those kind of fun things. But, but you know, you go, it goes a bit deeper than that, obviously, as well. You know, when we start talking about relationships and 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 love and, and um, meaning and 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 purpose and value in life, um, but the interesting thing is this: is that uh, some really great uh, Christian thinkers and philosophers ha- have actually reflected on this, and they, they've said, "Well, you know, the reality is uh, that if you if you desire something." Mm-hmm. then in reality, there is something out there in the world which actually fulfills that desire. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so if you're thirsty, you're, you're dying of, of thirst, 
you know, then then there is a there is water out there. Mm. If you happen to be, oh man, I just really love a boost juice, you know, with um, you know, raspberry. And you start, exactly, 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 exactly. Good call, good call. Yeah, there, there is a. Um, there is a, a juice out there called Strawberry Salvation. You know, um, yes. you, you, you know what I mean. There, there, there's something out there which mm. which matches to to that desire. So, um, so but, it's just so, so what I'm saying, just so I can compute this, is that our desires um, they exist as a response to the lack of something which the the lack of something which we which we want must exist if we have an inbuilt desire to desire them. Yes, yes, that, that, that's right. And so the question is this, is do, do we actually, is there something inbuilt within us or do we find within us, is probably a better way of saying it, mm-hmm. um, where we actually want um, eternal life? Mm-hmm. Do, we, do, we want, do we want joy? Do, do we want um, happiness? And C.S. Lewis, in his book *Mere Christianity*, which was a um, an amazing book uh, compiled uh, from radio um, interviews, actually during uh, the Second World War, um, put it this way: "Creatures are not born with desires unless satisfaction for these desires exists. Mm-hmm. A baby feels hunger, well, there's such a thing as food. Mm-hmm. A duckling wants to swim, well, there's such a thing as water." Men feel, men and women feel sexual desire, where there's such a thing as sex. Mm-hmm. If I find in myself a desire which in this, um, no experience in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that I was made for another world, which is really, really intriguing, uh, when you think about it. Because why, why would we have those desires if there, it's completely, there's nothing in the world which actually can, um, can fill those desires. And, and you know, you have to say, um, do, when we look at the world, do we have a desire to say, hey, th- th- this is not all there is to this world? Mm. You know, um, when, we, when we look at Ukraine and, and Russia, do we simply go like, ah, nah, you know, that, that's just um, typical survival of the fittest, you know, doggy dog world. Mm. Um, who cares? Just just leave them to that. Or, or do we actually desire a world in which there is world peace? Sounds like a beauty pageant, doesn't it? Yeah, um, that's right. mm. um, But you know, you know where where when we hear of of bombs, just um, you know, buildings being shelled and bombs dropping on um, apartment buildings, do we go like, eh, you know, I don't really care. You know, it's um, poor old lady. You know, happened to be living there for for seventy years, and the apartment shed to rent for, you know, forever and ever. Um, but who cares? You know, that's that's just evolutionary kind of life, and and move on. What's what's the next piece of news kind of thing? You you know what I mean? There's actual desire. No, that is not good enough. We desire another world. We desire mm-hmm. eternal life, and and that is what C.S. Lewis is pointing um, to us. The other really interesting thing is this: is that there's there's an evolutionary argument that really supports this because evolution um, is this process where um, if uh, there's a survival advantage, if there's something beneficial about having having uh, something in our lives, then then evolution will retain it. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know if 
if if this desire was completely superfluous in terms of it did nothing, if there was no object out there which actually fulfilled that desire, then then evolutionary thinking well, would say, well, uh, we this desire should be eliminated from the way we think, the way we operate as human beings, um, because it's just a waste of time and resources to have that in our minds and our hearts. But the thing is this, is that on the whole what we do is we find that deep down in the human heart there's desire I want something more to life I want a, uh, you know a mm. peace in this life I want to join this I I would just love to have a father in heaven who who loves and cares for me and really values me it, mm. it's amazing you know the fact is this is that the the Christian life actually meets our deepest desires and in that way, that the, the matching between desire and the reality um, points us to the fact that Christianity is actually true. Mm. Which is pretty amazing when you think about it. Yeah, that's incredible. Like, 100%. We, we have this desire, there needs to be something to fulfill it. And obviously, I can speak as a, as a Christian as well. Uh, and, and as particularly for myself as someone who didn't necessarily grow up Christian, didn't come from a Christian environment. Um, yet as I have found Christianity, I've found that it has ticked those bo- boxes and met those desires of, you know, of a whole bunch of things, whether it be, you know, my, um, perspective on my purpose in life, whether it be my, perspective on, you know, the relationships that I have with people, whatever it may be. I believe my, my belief in God and my adherence to the Christian life has definitely fulfilled those and given me everything that I've wanted in that sense. Mm, mm. And often when you meet a person who has, uh, you know, accepted Christianity, you find this deep kind of stable kind of peace in their life. I've, mm-hmm. I've, I found what I've, I've been looking for. Yeah, it sounds well. like a bit of a soul. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it's interesting that King Solomon in Ecclesiastes wrote these words. He has made everything beautiful in its time, of course, talking about God. But this goes on to say, also, he has put eternity into man's heart or people's hearts. Mm. Um, and so that they cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. So, so there's this yearning within, within ourselves. So I guess the, the message, um, uh, for today, we can we can look at desire. We can look at you know the way that there's um, there's something out there that actually meets that desire. And in many ways, Lawson Mon, what we're really saying is this: don't don't suppress the desires of your heart. Um, you know, of course, you know there's a whole range of things: Legos, mo- motorbikes, you know, relationships, all those kind of things, romance. Um, but there's another desire deep in our heart and. And the, the, the question is if, if you find that there's a desire for you to be able to experience eternal life, to exp- uh, experience a deep joy and a peace, then don't suppress that, that, um, desire. Don't, don't, um, don't say, well, you know, I, I'm, I'm just going to try and squash it. Instead say, well, maybe that desire points to the reality that there is um, there is a God in heaven um, who loves me. There, there is an eternal life which He is offering me, and um, and that we will find our desires actually being met, mm-hmm. not only in 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 eternal the future, but also that we might actually actually experience that eternal life right now in this world as well. It's pretty amazing. 
Mm. Oh, that's incredible. You know, it, it makes me think often we are, are told, and it's a bit of a flip on this perspective, like we are told we are to suppress desire uh, from purposes of maybe like if we fulfill that desire, then we, you know, will be less productive. Maybe that desire is immoral. Um, whereas it seems as though here, uh, instead of suppressing desire, if we fulfill desire rather than, you know, um, rather than going to the desire itself, but if we surpass it to our desire with God, from my perspective, that would kind of influence the rest of our desires. And, and um, you know, just knowing and having that experience of the Christian life myself, it would put us on the right track in terms of how we deal with desire um, and, yes. and whatnot. But, yeah, definitely, like, there is something so positive to come out of, hey, like, if I let God influence my desires by living that Christian life, well, then I will live better. Yes, yes, definitely. And and the interesting thing is, you know, you go to World War or two. And um, they, they actually um, analysed. Um, they they, they um, looked at people who, you know, were really searching for meaning or, or had this deep sense of meaning in life. And and at the end of the day, they lived longer because they wow. they they actually said, yes, there is meaning to life. There is purpose to life. There's something beyond me. And the, the amazing thing is, it had a practical. Um, benefit, shall I say. It, it made a practical difference because those people in the midst of the most horrendous situations in concentration camps um, were able to, to handle the, the pain and the, the, um, the, the suffering and, and the challenges now because they saw a bigger purpose. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, their, their, their desires for those bigger things were actually met. So, um, in many ways, uh, Lawson, one, you know, today's topic, as I mentioned before, you know, it's not, it's not so much about the, the hard facts and the hard logic, all of those kind of things. It, it's the more sort of, um, uh, you know, uh, you know, softer kind of, um, aspect of desire. Mm. Um, but the fact is, this is that, you know, the, the, the reality that God meets our desires at the most deepest level comes back to transform our lives now. And of course, it's not just um, just because we have the desire that it kind of loops around, no, it's because there's a reality out there that God does give us the peace, He does give us the hope, He does give us meaning, and it comes back and it transforms and makes a huge difference in our lives right now. Our desires can be met both in the future and now as well. Mm, that is powerful, Sven. Thank you so much for joining us on radio this morning and reflecting on this idea of, hey, God can meet those desires, and there are many of us that can absolutely attest to that. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.